Blog Talk Radio. Welcome. Today our topic is cybersecurity, protecting your law firm. Joining us is Charles Bernier, a principal professional liability consultant and in-house counsel at ECBM Insurance Brokers and Consultants. Bernier began his law career practicing insurance defense at one of the oldest law firms in the country. He then worked at one of the largest professional liability wholesalers and in 2013 joined ECBM. Welcome, Charlie. Nice to have you with us today. It's nice to be here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Hi. Yeah. Well, Cyber Talks, we have a lot to talk about today. Now, we all have been witness to what happened to Target and some of the big retailers. Many of us were victims in terms of that major cyber attack. But let's talk about what happens to smaller companies, like with employees under 500. Does it happen to them, too? Yes, it does. It happens to small and medium-sized companies, you know, as much, if not more, than the Fortune 500. And the main reason you hear about the Fortune 500 is obviously because it's bigger breaches. Uh, in the Target incident, for it was 70 million records stolen. But wow. you know, in 2013, over 90% of data breaches were only 10,000 records and under stolen. And this is because you know hackers prefer to hit smaller companies rather than one big company. They hit a bunch of smaller ones that don't have sophisticated state-of-the-art security systems. Gotcha. And really it makes sense. Okay. Uh, if you're going to mm-hmm. rob a bank, you wouldn't go to a huge bank with lots of security systems. You go to smaller ones and keep hitting as many of those as you could because the likelihood of getting away with it is a lot higher. Um, you know, the average cost, of a data breach, and this is per record in the U.S., is $200. Amazing. So if you multiply that, yeah, by a loss of, you know, these smaller companies have a 10,000 record loss, it's a cost of $2 million. It's So at that rate, yeah, it wow. really is. So, I mean, the House Committee on Small Businesses put this out, this statistic, that as in 2013, 60% of small businesses, which is what you said, employees of 500 or lower, mm-hmm. they closed within six months of a cyber attack. Oh, geez. So to answer your question, yes, the smaller companies, they are just as much at risk as the big ones, if not more. Okay. Now, have you worked with any law firms who've been breached, and what happened? Now, I haven't personally worked with all the law firms I do insurance for. None of them have been breached. I could say it's because of me, but that's, you know, I'm not really sure about that. <laughs> They do have good data I'm sure protection you have services. To do with it. <laughs> yeah, maybe a little bit. I'll take some credit, but I don't want to jinx okay. myself. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what I do know of breaches that real breaches have happened to firms. Things such as, and they happen to all businesses. An infected email comes in. In this case, it was a uh, a tax law firm working to meet wow. you know tax season deadlines. They get an email from their voicemail service, or they think it's their voicemail service. Somebody opens it, and it was it was fake, and it was infected uh-huh. with malware. Oh. They lost. This is. They, I know that they just lost two days worth of billable hours, um, and this was estimated around seventy-two thousand. And that's just their billable hours alone. That's before we get into any other type of lawsuits or, you know, infections to their equipment that they had to repurchase, things like that. Um, lawyers also, and many companies do this as well. A lawyer will bring in an Android phone to the office, hook it up to the Wi-Fi. The Android mm-hmm. phone has malware on it. Uh, in the instance that I dealt with, there was 3,000 records with social security numbers infected by this malware. 
Uh, so the firm that had to pay for the breach, the credit monitoring, as well as something that really law firms need to pay attention to is damage to their reputation. If it gets out there that, you know, yeah, you're the firm that has infected software, that's not going to be good for business. Um, you also have things where the employees steal hardware or software from the firm and sell it on the black market. If you Google that, there's places for people to go to sell this information. Uh, there's hackers and cyber criminals that will purchase it. Some firms do things just as easily as filing a document and accidentally putting medical records in the public document. They then have to notify all the people that they put these documents out for, and you know, at $200 per breach, that can go up pretty quickly. Uh, the main thing that lawyers have to worry about, though, and this is one that I've seen a, a couple times, is you don't have to worry about your own records getting affected. It's more your client's records. In the instance that I'm referring to, a lawyer left a laptop in a train. Um, it was stolen. They don't know what happened to it, but there were over 5,000 people's records on there. Um, I think that was on the news. The, I, I heard about that, yeah. Was, did you hear about that one? Yeah. In this I instance, think I heard the, about the that one, yeah. So the client who had these records, the client of the firm, had to go out and notify these people at a cost of over a million dollars to the client. The client oh, then goes back to the law firm and says, I want you to pay this money because obviously it was their fault that it happened. Um, the law firm then paid them in this instance out of their pocket. Now, there's insurance that can cover that, but that's just an instance of how you can really know your limits. It really doesn't matter how many employees you have or what records you have. It's what your largest client has. In this case, luckily, it was only 5000 but it still costs the firm a million dollars. Now, Charlie, you are a law expert on cyber insurance. What do cyber policies generally cover that lawyers' professional liability policies do not cover? Now, this I could, I could list and get technical here, but I'm not really going to do that. I'm going to keep it more mm -hmm. general right sure. now. Um, and really, it's the first-party coverage that you will never get in a lawyer's professional liability policy. And what I mean by first-party loss coverage is if your own system is damaged, um, if your computers go down for whatever reason, and like that one company that lost the billable hours, you have that income loss. Um, that will all be covered by a cyber policy in a first-party loss situation. Um, you know, other things, the reputation we discussed, harm to your own business, uh, notifying people about lost information. Now, a lawyer's professional liability policies are starting to add endorsements, and some people may see that for cyber. Um, the limits really aren't high enough, and it it's only comes in if there's a lawsuit in most cases. For instance, under HIPAA, you get fined if you have a data breach of medical records and you're working with a hospital or somebody else that's a um, covered entity under HIPAA. Now, through the cyber endorsements on lawyer's professional liability policies, it'll cover if you're sued. But as everyone knows, under HIPAA, it's not a lawsuit, it's a fine. So that's mm -hmm. something where they're getting in, you know, it looks like you have HIPAA coverage, but you really don't, uh, you don't have the fines and penalties covered. So that's something that's just covered by cyber as well. Uh, there's things like cyber extortion, that type of stuff, cyber crime, that will ne that's never covered on lawyers' professional liability policies right now either. Um, so that, that's pretty much the general gist of it. I could go through each one individually, but I'll, I'll wait to do that till I actually see some people in person. Oh, okay. So how can law firms obtain full first-party coverage? Um, they can obtain that through getting the uh, through getting the cyber policy, and sometimes mm -hmm. 
you don't get it on a cyber policy. You need to get it through an endorsement. So just getting, you know, you say to yourself, okay, I need cyber. I have a cyber policy. The, the thing now is just getting a cyber policy won't always cover first party. It depends on who you get it through. Um, and sometimes it's through an endorsement. But, you know, you, that is why nowadays if you get cyber policies right now are not all the same. Even the definitions of words are different. So you need to make sure not just getting just saying I have a cyber policy is not good enough. You need it's to make sure that it, it meant no, not at all. And a lot of insurances and an LPL, you know, is pretty much standard form right now. There's some things you can change and some some things you can't. But we're not talking about a policy where definitions are totally different. You know, one word records in one insurance carrier's policy may mean something totally different than another insurance carrier's policy under cyber right now. So if you want the reputation damage coverage, if you want your you know, loss of income coverage or harm to your business coverage, you need to make sure you either it's either in the policy or you have an endorsement saying this in cyber. That's good, in, good information. Now, besides cyber insurance, can a firm really ever be totally protected from cyber breaches? Short answer is no. Um, <laughs> the short if a sophisticated, answer is no. you know, hacker wants to get in, he or she will. So, I mean, your IT department can do everything right, and that's great, and that'll drop lawsuit amounts down, that'll help out in the long run, and it'll keep people on their toes. But, I mean, you, there's really no magic bullet. If you look at the FBI, the CIA, Scotland Yard, all of them have been breached. So that means that your law firm can be breached no matter how great your IT department is. That's why the ABA uh, has put out their number one, you know, standard and practices for cyber protection for firms, and number one on the list of 15 is cyber insurance, because there's no real way to ever protect yourself. So, I, we probably already answered this question, but how can partners protect their firm from cybercrime? If Scotland Yard <laughs> uses cyber insurance, that's a pretty good example right there. Right. You still, I mean, the cyber insurance is number one, but there are things that you can do to, you know, get your employees and your IT department on their toes. And really what it is is, and lawyers will know this, for any type of situation, it's policies, policies, policies. If you have a policy, you know, in place, then in the long, you know, prior to any breach, after a breach, a judge is going to look at you and say, well, at least you had these policies in place. And, and what you can have in place is basically you want a general policy which is just your overall statement about use. Um, there's about four or five others you should have. The desktop policy, which is basically just telling um, the employees the specifics of company-owned devices, the computers, the laptops, things like that. There's systems use policy, which you know every company has their own secure network, or they believe it to be secure, secure, whether it's on the cloud, which it should be, or in office. And these are just guidelines to keep the network secure. You should have internet use policy as well, um, which basically, you know, tells people what they can and can't do on the Internet. It blocks them from certain things. Uh, mm -hmm. The personal device policy, which is going back to the cell phone situation that right. I talked about before, you need policies governing that prior to any breach because these policies are going to show that, okay, you were taking some initiative to stop this. And lastly, you know, a virus or malicious code policy, which basically tells the employees, do not plug anything into your computer, don't open random emails, things like that. Um, and as long as you have policies in place, that's at least going to give you some startup to protection, you know, to cover you back around once the insurance kicks in. 
Got it. So my next question has to do with what can employees do to protect themselves on a daily basis, and you kind of pretty much answer that. Um, we went through the, the policies, certainly, that the company can enforce, but an employee on a day-to-day basis, if they they bringing personal, you know, electronic equipment to the office, they should have that cleared to the IT department, something like that. Yep, that's correct. They definitely that's one thing they should do for sure. The other thing is, and it sounds simple, is keep your password secret. I don't know if you saw in the news recently there was a a Russian gang that has everyone's password, and and it had come out. And all you had to do to get around this gang was change your password. But it's something that, I mean, I have a hard time even doing. And I finally got around to do it, and it's really simple, but it's something you just don't feel like doing. But just something as simple as changing your password or keeping it secret somehow is going to protect you greatly on a day-to-day basis. Another thing is simply lock your computer if you walk away from it. Don't leave anything open on a laptop even more, I mean, if you're outside the office. Uh, And lastly, you just have to be smart and recognize fraud. If you get an email from an unfamiliar place, don't start investigating it and see what's going on. Don't click it. Don't open the attachment. Don't download anything for sure. And if you get something and maybe it's from someone you knew or you're not sure, just talk to your IT department. They're there. I mean, that is the main thing IT departments are fighting right now. It's, you know, they keep the systems going and everything, but it's cyber protection. That's all that they care about. They would prefer you to bother them ten times a day than bring in a virus that keeps them here for, you know, two weeks straight working. Sure. And these are things you can do at home, too, to protect your own uh, security at home to, from any cyber yeah, attack. Yeah, sure. Just good Definitely. things to remember. Yeah, you should be doing Yep. So any exclusions to avoid on a cyber liability policy? Yeah, there there are some exclusions that, again, I said, like I said earlier, these policies are not all created equal. Um, one carrier will have an exclusion and the other won't. And it's really because these carriers still don't know how, you know, what crimes or, you know, cyber breaches are going to occur and what are going to really affect them because cyber coverage is so new. Where to the point of people are actually buying it. I mean, it's been around for 10 years, but this is just the start of people understanding what it can do for them. So some carriers are including an encryption exclusion, which you need to watch out for and have removed from your policy immediately. Because, you know, a lot of offices have passwords on their laptops, phones, things like that, but they don't have encrypt, they're not encrypted. These, uh, these items, these laptops, these cell phones. So the situation I'm describing is employee loses a cell phone. It has a password. However, it doesn't have encryption on it. And, that, you know, there's records on there or something, maybe, say, yeah. 5,000 records. So this is going to cost a million dollars. But if there's no encryption, the insurance isn't going to cover it if you have this encryption exclusion. So it, it doesn't look like much, but it can be huge. If, if you do have that on there, it can really affect you because passwords aren't good enough if you have that encryption exclusion on your policy. Great advice. Um, so how do you determine yeah, a couple what kind of – oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I just – there's a couple wanted... other exclusions real quick just that you oh, want okay. to watch out for. Uh, there's an upgrade of software exclusion, which basically means if you're – it's an upgrade or update. So say you had Windows 6 and you should have Windows 7. Uh, carriers now can say, well, you didn't upgrade your software, so the claim, the breach is excluded. There's also in that vein a failure to maintain exclusion, which is really up to the IT department, you know, not necessarily the people working on a day-to-day basis, but 
if all of the you know the cloud's not maintained, the system's not maintained, and, and the carrier can find a way to show that, they're going to exclude your breach. So not every carrier has these exclusions. Uh, if they do have them, you can say, remove it or I'm going to somebody else, because like I said, there's some benefits to having different policies now. You can use Absolutely. that to your advantage, and that's one way. Excellent. So how to determine what kind of limits to obtain on cyber policies? And I kind of got into this a little bit earlier, mm -hmm. but what I tell clients, there's there's lots, there's some calculators some carriers have, and you got to enter all this information, but people really don't have time to do that. Um, and it's, you know, you got to get your IT department, you got to see this, that. Really what I tell someone is, and we got into this with the attorney losing the laptop with the client, you don't worry about your records as a law firm, even though you should, I mean, that's something, but that shouldn't decide your limit. You should figure out the records or the employees of your largest client and multiply that number by the $200 that I discussed earlier, which is the average breach amount in the U.S. per record. Um, once you get to that, that should really be your, your insurance limit. So just for instance, if you have a client with 20,000 employees or 20,000 records, um, you should have about $4 million in liability insurance because that's the 20,000 times 200. Uh, you know, you don't have to have that limit, but that's really, that's your worst case scenario limit. So that's what I tend that's to tell That's the formula people. that you use. Yeah. Yep. Excellent. Excellent. Well, that brings us to the end of our podcast. Thanks to our guest, Charles Bernier, for your expertise on law firm cybersecurity. Charles will be a featured speaker this fall at ALA's Business of Law Conferences coming to a city near you. Visit the ALA website, alanet.org, for more info. And thanks, everyone, for joining us.